Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at creators' perspective on pitfalls of fun and recreation. So this is kind of a follow-on from last week's show on fun and recreation. We're going to we're going to look at the, the, a little bit more of the dark side of fun and recreation, Carl. Well, life is always about balance if you do it right, and we hear a lot about that in all settings when we discuss human life and human behavior and choices. And why should it be any different when it comes to between when it comes to the issue of work versus play? We we heard last week that we need both. We need play very much so to be a well-rounded, happy individual. That we're not supposed to be workhorses with a nose to the grindstone. That it's unhealthy. Yes. We need our playtime, but we can go too far in the other direction. And so, well, here's some examples of how things can be distorted in ways that backfire when we're too fun-focused. <laughs> Should be an interesting exploration. You ask creator, to live a life wholly dedicated to recreational pursuits alone is often considered the ideal by many. Some do seem to actually achieve this. Can creator share if this is a good, if this is indeed a good or bad thing? Creator has said that in this day and age, every human currently being born has come down with the goal of being in service to the light and helping to save humanity from a final solution on the part of the interlopers. A life filled with fun and recreation would seem to work against that agenda. Can Creator comment? All right, and this is what I channeled from Creator. This is Creator's words. We have already backed solidly the idea of all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So to turn around now and say that recreation and fun are bad puts us in conflict with prior declarations. But you are speaking of extremes. To live one's life for recreation alone seems a questionable undertaking when so many are suffering. And there is so much to do to right the wrongs of history, bringing about a highly uneven world where many lack anything in the way of modern conveniences and subsistence living with much suffering, is the norm for far too many. One has to be closed off to a fairly high degree to justify a life of self-indulgence under such circumstances when one could apply one's time and energy, if only to some degree, for the assistance of others. That would be a wiser choice because one would gain for the soul much in the way of good karma, as well as learning and growth to broaden one's horizons and develop a greater wisdom and discernment from taking on such challenges and learning firsthand what it truly takes to be of service and make a meaningful difference in a complex and difficult world where there is much in opposition to human progress. Indeed, your charter is to solve the problem of evil. That, that will not come about through self-indulgence and spending one's time seeking recreation and a life of leisure. So there needs to be a proper ordering of priorities if one is to serve the highest good. 
And that includes meeting your obligations as a soul-based being and a member of the human family to not squander your good fortune on self-indulgent, self-indulgent pursuits, but to pay something back. Use your wherewithal to good advantage in striving to help others in some way as at least a part of your endeavors, as that will have many, many benefits you cannot obtain through idle pursuits. You know, I think some people would probably, you know, look at this and say, ah, it's just sour grapes. You you wish you could, uh, you know, live a life of complete leisure and recreation. And I actually know a couple of people in my wider circle that uh, have kind of achieved this. You know, one, one in particular lives out west, uh, moved out west in order to be near the mountains so he could ski in the winter and mountain bike in the summer and swim and he, he posts on Facebook all the time, and every day is a vac- looks like a, an adventure and a vacation. And he's been doing this for years. He was able to retire when he met a girlfriend that was rich in her own right. So they had money. He's able to retire in his early 40s. He's been playing ever since. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So there are people out there that managed to get this lifestyle. And uh, so I was just, you know, it was interesting to get Craig's perspective on it. Well, we have a longer term projection for the future destiny of each individual. Yeah. It goes far beyond the current life. And this happens to be a severe challenge and test of us, what we do here and now with our energy. Yes. Interesting because way to put it. We're up we're up against it and we have to come through if we're going to be true to ourselves and to our place in things. And to have blinders on and think it's all about the self and whatever joy and happiness you can carve out personally is a very narrow perspective. And and people will regret that later because they could have done more, especially people with affluence. Yes. And it's an interesting way to, to, to think about that, that, you know, when people think that they're being tested, it's easy to think that it's a negative test. But. You know, a test can also be being given all kinds of abundance and seeing what you do with it, you know. So yeah. it's an interesting perspective for sure. U.S. creator, he who dies with the most toys wins, is a rather cynical and sarcastic epithet. But some people seem to have taken this to heart. What gets an obsession like this going? Do the interlopers encourage this, and how do they benefit from this if they do? All right, and this is what creator tells us. We would say the interlopers do not encourage this, and in fact, will work many times to take away your toys, to punish you. When you speak of having the most toys, the pitfalls here are made clear from the prior discussion. First of all, with the idea of there being a competition, a kind of gamesmanship, adopting a goal of outdoing your neighbor or others you feel you compete with, To see who gets the most, in a material sense, perhaps in the form of luxury accoutrements like houses and cars, flashy clothing, lavish lifestyle adjuncts like expensive vacations, expensive automobiles, and so on. When the value you see in these is besting someone else who lacks the ability to acquire them, you are placing the material accomplishments above growth of the soul and using the wrong yardstick to judge true excellence. What we see as valuable are the intangibles of life, what one does in service, both to the self and to others, is the measure of you as a person and a soul-based being. 
and that is the best measured, and that is best measured with the nature, quality, and extent you offer love to others and express love in all you do, both in giving and receiving it, so you can reward others by enjoying and appreciating the love they send your way. Those are the truest accomplishments of importance that will have lasting value. Possessions and the surface trappings that are so often the goal of your culture are a false standard to rank individuals in their presumed achievements. They say very little about what is truly important And that is to what extent they are serving their soul and serving the light, both the divine and the human family in what they do, how they spend their time and energy and what it brings about for the betterment and greater good of all. That is a different kind of attainment than accumulating possessions. It is a growth of the heart to make room for more love. You know, I'm just blown away by Creator's wordsmithing. And, you know, like a phrase like using the wrong yardstick to judge true excellence. You know, it's simple, but boy, it just hits the nail on the head all the time. Um, this is really important uh, revelation here, I think. You know, I'm reminded of a, a show I watched where they highlighted a guy who spent his entire adulthood collecting cars. He had inherited a bunch of money. And he did this thinking that it would make him, you know, stand out. But he never shared it, though. He just stayed as a hermit back in the backwoods somewhere, bought all these cars, fixed them up, and didn't even bother to take them to shows, I, I think. you know, it was like the, the whole exercise was kind of in his head. It was uh, kind of yeah. sad, but interesting at the same time. Well, it's, it's, it's hollow. It's, it's a shallow expectation to think people are going to like you, people are going to love you, that it will, in fact, do anything to give you something of any tangible benefit to just have stuff. Yeah. yeah, you have financial security. That's true. But what else is that going to do? It's going to, if anything, make you different and make you judged and perceived as someone maybe selfish or maybe personally advantaged in some way, you know, the so-called being born with a silver spoon analogy, that you didn't really deserve that, you didn't really earn it, and so on. And that's at least a snap judgment many people will make. So so having those trappings, what does it really do other than satisfy the ego? Yep, exactly, exactly. You ask Creator, can Creator comment on adrenaline junkies, people who avidly take part in activities that are extreme in terms of the risk to life and limb? They're quite the enigma to most folks. What is Creator's perspective? Do dark spirit attachments play a role for some of these folks? All right, and Creator tells us this is a perceptive analysis most would not think of, that there could be faulty thinking involved and a kind of reckless disregard for safety and common sense when one puts one's life at risk for the sake of a thrill physically like jumping out of an airplane and delaying the opening of a parachute for the longest possible time, or doing rock climbing without safety equipment as a backup should you lose your grip and fall. We do not judge, so such choices are up to the individual totally. But we would see things from our broad perspective and depth of experience where individuals take huge risks for the excitement of it as being a kind of folly. Life can be shortened when there are accidents, and we see there is much tragedy in losing one's life unnecessarily. 
We would rather people take reasonable precautions to keep their life going without inordinate risks, so they gain the most from each outing. It is often those with a kind of denial of danger who engage in such activities. There is always a happy medium where one can take on challenges of many kinds, including extremes of environment and great physical demands on stamina and endurance, but do so intelligently with some due regard for the risks and to avail oneself of planning, preparation, safety measures to forestall the worst of possible outcomes and so forth as being prudent. Again, to risk one's life by taking risks for the thrill of it is done more in service to the ego as a kind of self-indulgence that is often a consequence of suppressing the normal checks and balances through what a normal person would find triggers fear within as a break on risky behavior. And when this is suppressed or indulging in an ego that is outsized and becomes a kind of folly, and by putting their life on the line, they are gaining ego gratification that seems to put them above others by demonstrating bravery and a mastery of particular circumstances that makes them special. When, in fact, they may only be lucky and not deserving of praise at all if they are, in effect, showing off and risking something quite precious that would far exceed the ego gratification they might get from taking such risks if, in the end, they lose everything from an untimely death. That is not wisdom on display, but a kind of self-delusion. Well, it's interesting that Creator actually mentions free rock climbing, because that's my understanding of the perfect example of these people, these adrenaline junkies. You know, the, One of the greatest uh, free rock climbers in the world, who was recognized across the globe as probably the greatest one who ever lived, predictably died doing it. <laughs> you know, so... It, uh, yeah. It's quite the enigma, for sure. You ask creator, children are captivated by computer games and video games to the point they don't seem to play outside anymore. Are kids today just more intellectually sophisticated and demanding, or is there something sinister in this seeming addiction? All right, and this is what creator tells us. And I think this is an issue that comes up again and again in life when you're a parent and raising young and the conflict and how they choose to spend their time. And when you see there is an excessive absorption in any kind of pursuit, it raises questions. Is this appropriate or not? Are they overdoing it? Are they becoming addicted, frankly? Well, this is what Creator tells us. Both elements are present here. Children are capable of far more than they are challenged with. The problem is the school curriculum is poorly designed to indulge and foster their natural curiosity and creative instincts. A lot of that energy is what is going into imaginative play through video games and computer-based simulations. This is not all good or bad. It is better to be using the mental faculties than sitting around daydreaming but never accomplishing anything, never growing, never really learning something new that has the potential to transform one's life. There needs to be a foundation in place of basic knowledge and some basic intellectual skills. This is the springboard for the future of humanity. It is the investment in the young and how one goes about it that truly matters and will determine your destiny. 
This deserves much more thought than given currently when it is left up to the government to decide the fate of your children by inculcating them with a rehash of old ideas and training them to settle for mediocrity in their pursuits. There are truly inspired teachers and there are subjects that are stimulating and inspiring. The problem is, how consistent is that and how uniform? Or is it only an occasional burst of excellence or few and far between gifted teachers compared to the majority? This is often from divine inspiration, not the mind of the bureaucrats who govern the school curriculum. There is a sinister overlay of manipulation accomplished through everything appearing on computers, cell phones, and video screens of any kind. Such content is uniformly corrupted with subliminal messaging, going directly into the deep subconscious mind to shape beliefs and encourage pursuit of things that are not in the best interests of the young. It is a kind of undermining and sabotage of the human mind being carried out 24-7 via your technologies. They are indeed designed to be addicting, and the primary purpose is to keep the young engaged with their screens for as much of the day as possible, so that the deep subconscious programming can do its worst through the relentless bombardment that is fostered by this arrangement. Children are willing victims of their own appetites, and the parents are oblivious to the harm this causes. You see the end result in the news with a rise in crime, with so many conflicts at all levels of society. Political divisiveness that is hugely destructive and pits people against one another, making all suffer. That starts in the cradle through mind control manipulation. The fact that the medicine has a sugar coating a visual appeal, and an exciting physical and mental challenge in a game-like setting does not justify warping the minds of the young through corrupted deep inner beliefs implanted by alien civilizations to destroy your culture and your happiness along with it. Well, this is this is an answer I can certainly take to heart, and uh, I really relate very much to parents in this dilemma because I'm a, I'm a parent and I have this dilemma myself, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, that, that doggone phone is addicting with a capital A. I mean, it is, it is really rough. And, but, you know, it creates dilemma because how do you deny that to your child when all of her peers are equally engaged? And that's how they, that's how they visit with each other now. You know, when I, I grew know. up, when I grew up, I went outside, you know, and saw my friends who lived in the neighborhood. That doesn't happen anymore. The well, young people, the, the, the interlopers are winning. Yeah. Normal life is a punishment. Yes. You know, forced to go outside on your own with, with no technology. What will <laughs> I do? I this, know. This is, <laughs> this is how weird the world has become. Yeah, I remember growing up, I couldn't wait to get outside, you know. Some of the happiest memories I have of my entire life were waking up on a beautiful summer morning and just having that thrill of knowing I was going to meet up with my friends in an hour or so, you know. Uh, there was some real joy in childhood in that. And I, I'm sad that it's my daughters don't experience that the way I experienced it. Mm-hmm. Well, the times, they are a-changing, and... Um our task is to open up these issues for better discussion and insight and invite people to seek 
a solution to help the world improve. And we need yes. divine help to do that. We sure do. We'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at creator's perspective on the pitfalls of fun and recreation. And it, it, we're not talking about, you know, just skinning your knee, Carl. We're talking about the pitfalls of the soul here. Yes, well, the problem of evil that we're supposed to handle and take care of with divine help, you're not alone in this, is coming from outside our realm. It's coming from interlopers. And that's what we talk about from time to time. We're getting a little bit of a heavier dose with some of the questions because we're talking about the downside of life. And when things go wrong and things are corrupted, things are abnormal or inadequate, there are reasons. And it's usually traceable to some kind of corruption, the deliberate manipulation of us and our culture. So we have to be on guard for this. That's, That's the point of our messaging. We're trying to help. Bring this to light. And if you're new to this program, I'll just uh, throw in here that what we mean by interlopers are extraterrestrials and the dark spirits. So yes. there's a distinction between the two, but we kind of combine them into the one word. So, As in most things on Earth, the interlopers, again, ETs and dark spirits, try to compromise and introduce dangers in what would otherwise be fun and recreational activities. Can create a comment on how pastimes like boxing and football came about. These sports have violence built in, so to speak. A sport like ice hockey, on the other hand, and its extreme violence seems excessive and unwarranted. Yet many avid followers confess to doing so because they are attracted to the violence and feel shortchanged if a game ends without blood in a fistfight. Are these just modern gladiators? And Creator says that that is an apt description. There are many things you are not aware of because you are so used to the existing human culture and see and perceive it as normal when, in fact, it is often not. 
in divine alignment. This is true of many sports that lead to injuries. It is never worth the play aspect to be impaired for life with joints that have reached a state of degeneration that even limits ability to walk or diminished mental capacity from the onset of dementia following repeated concussions playing the sport of football, let alone boxing, where blows to that are, are an important part of besting one's opponent. This is the most egregious examples of these are the most egregious examples of sports savagery, and one day will be no more. The same is true of the much vaunted sport of football. Because of its toll on people of all ages, it is an invitation to mayhem. The reason it is so avidly followed and enjoyed is a manipulation from first to last. Your whole world is bombarded with mind control manipulation to promote savagery. This facilitates implanting militaristic ideals and yearnings and many deep inner beliefs about power and control being the ultimate expression of worthiness when, in fact, it is a diminishment of your being from being out of divine alignment and it will have a karmic consequence for you that will take something away. The bloodlust of spectators watching boxing and cage fighting and relishing the mayhem on the ice so often on display in professional hockey are examples of this manipulation to create a kind of bloodlust within the mind because you are acculturated to believe in power as a reward and a mark of greatness. In actuality, it is the pursuit of a false god that will diminish you in the end and may well shorten your lifespan in the bargain. Well, you know, this does remind me of, uh, you, you're not a football fan, Carl, we, well, I know that, but uh, you're certainly a native Chicagoan and the Bears won the Super Bowl in 1985. That Bears team uh, often is, you know, highlighted in the media and celebrated for their accomplishments. But it's very sad because the quarterback, Jim McMahon, ended up with severe dementia in his early 50s. He, he could walk into a room and not even know why he walked in there. And that that's just his whole life at this point, you know. And uh, the the refrigerator Perry, one of the big names of that '85 Super Bowl, he was in a wheelchair and unable to move around in his own power, basically in his late fifties. You know, so mm -hmm. this is hitting home. This is serious stuff that's being talked about here. Well, people are ignoring it. They're closed-minded, and that's a, a, a corruption as well. Yep. U.S. creator, at the opposite extreme is the trend towards creating excessively safe environments for children to play in. Gone is a lot of playground equipment deemed too dangerous. Diving boards are gone from many pools. Everybody acknowledges that childhood 30 years ago had much less direct adult supervision and restrictions, and many consider that a good thing. What is creator's perspective? Creator tells us that kind of nostalgia for the good old days is inherently a kind of manipulation that happens when what is exalted is the fighter, the warrior, the strong and powerful figure who can best others in a physical confrontation through fisticuffs or an adroit use of weaponry. Such mastery has little redeeming value, being a product of a distorted, dysfunctional, corrupted world. There is little glory in being the best at savagery when it is entirely non-divine to begin with. This is a distortion of thinking, showing that the world is upside down in its values. 
When you are the best at conquering others and forcing your will on them, there is little difference between the conquering hero you might see in the mirror and an arch criminal who has bested the competition and ended up on the top of the heap, gaining the most while crushing one's enemies. This may seem like a harsh and exaggerated view that is over pristine in its demands. The idea it is impossible to be Christ-like or imbued with godliness and achieve a kind of moral perfection is a delusion that is foisted on you with mind control. The reality is even children can see the folly of using bullying in order to get ahead. The fact such conduct is often overlooked or even promoted in the adult world particularly is a measure of morality and ethics of those in power who make the rules. They get the world they want or the world that is ordained for them by their puppet masters running things from behind the scenes. It is the interlopers who decide what your governments will do or not do. Those elected officials or tyrants who seize power are minions of the darkness that in turn truly governs how things will be. So when people come along and point out the folly of needless competition, especially for young children who might be widely varied in their maturity level, some lacking physical capabilities because they've not had their growth spurt compared to others and so on, to promote the idea of winners and losers and coach them to whip them into a frenzy of expectation so they will win and not be a disappointment to their parents, teachers, coaches, and peers is subjecting them to a very high-pressure world, and this can be quite destructive. It will harden and reward those children with greater prowess who may be unflappable by virtue of their personality and relative stability, but that does not make them more deserving or better than the weaker kids. Competitive activities widen the gap. They encourage the strong to become mini tyrants and how they treat their fellows, who they see as lesser in ability, and they dishearten and demoralize the less capable who don't measure up and may feel inadequate throughout their life by gaining chronic anxiety that never goes away. So those who wish to tame the playground and remove hazards are not undermining the children by falsely encouraging them to be soft and not risk takers. Their lives will be filled with many, many risks that are unavoidable. Those things that call for a reckless disregard for a potential harm or are truly pointless through engineering physical contact sports when who wins or loses is really a pointless exercise, we would say the do-gooders, the gentle souls, who want the children to make nice and play well together, have the high ground here. The world would be a better place if it were not modeled after needless competition to always have winners and losers created with any endeavor. That is a tarnishing of your culture, and it will have many adverse consequences, seen and unseen. You know, it's not very often that I feel like I'm being personally lectured by creator. This is this is one time where I I feel a little the sting here, because <laughs> you know I think back to the good old days myself and, and kind of pine for them and think, oh, I wish I could give this to my children. And now it's like, well, maybe I need to rethink that a little bit. Well, you know, I I grew up in that era when the the nation kind of came alive because of the competition with the Soviet Union. 
And I remember when President Kennedy marshaled the nation in the school system to really revamp and strengthen the physical education programs. And the whole idea was to prepare the young, toughen them up, get them ready for war, get them ready to be good citizens and to volunteer and service to to the country or be drafted, as the case might be. But everyone knew this is where it's headed. And we got to be prepared. We got to toughen up the young for this. And all of that is depraved. (laughs) It's it's making war a goal in life rather than something to be abhorrent and avoided at all costs. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting way of looking at it, and one that even I have not necessarily examined at that level. So that's an interesting perspective for sure, and an important one also. U.S. creator gambling seems to be a permanent fixture in human culture. Even with the advent of computers and Wi-Fi, we see websites offering online gaming with televised poker matches drawing significant viewing audiences to be just spectators. What is creator's perspective? This is what Creator tells us. Here again is the lure of easy winnings, doing something simple to understand that gives a person a chance to gain something of value with a modest investment. It is another form of competitiveness that carries with it the opportunity to best others and come out feeling superior and garnering at least grudging respect from the losers for one's perceived prowess. If you look more deeply at games of chance, they are either rigged mechanically by virtue of the rules to make all eventually losers over time, or if there is fairness through the imposition of a random presentation of playing cards, for example, the players themselves can best their opponents through being more experienced and smarter in understanding the odds and having a discipline to stay within reasonable levels of risk to not overplay their hand and squander their money. Unfortunately, most card games escalate to a level where players are playing against one another and against simply the odds of chance and the cards they are being dealt. The ability to bluff and choose the size of one's bet and to control their body language allows shrewd players to mislead their opponents and gain an advantage by encouraging them to bet too heavily against someone who is holding a sure thing in their hand. This is frank dishonesty, and not only dishonesty, but active manipulation in a dishonest way to gain a tactical advantage. When such games are played for money, as is usually the case, there are further consequences beyond simply coming out the winner or the loser and dealing with the emotional impact that seems to call for. Many people have become homeless through becoming addicted to gambling and are unable to stop themselves. This is aided and abetted by mind control manipulation as well. Because the interlopers know it is usually destructive behavior and they encourage everything that is dark and harmful. To the light being, the idea of cheating someone, if only in pretending to have something one does not, would be unthinkable because it is immoral and it will also incur a karmic penalty. This, of course, the human card players are blithely unaware of, that everything they do in their pursuit of winning will likely backfire against them and bring not only painful losses in the near term, 
but a greater penalty in the future, returning to them as a karmic lesson, causing them difficulty and loss in full measure to what they were attempting to inflict on others, whether successful or not in the doing. Humans have a long ways to go to appreciate the meaning and consequences of karma in everything they do. Oh, I think I think we got kind of a bonus here, Carl. We got creator's perspective on the game of poker without directly asking for it. <laughs> well, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's a kind of a fantasy of many people, and it's enjoyable to watch for many. The World Series of Poker on cable and so on. There's a movie called Rounders about these young gamblers and their culture, and uh, and it really kind of. Um, delights in and glorifies the ability of the card sharp to pull a fast one on the opponents. And, you know, the the chumps who sit down and think they can compete against someone that shrewd and they get fleeced, you know, is kind of exalted as, um, you know, an exalted status of those with those kind of skills and that. But there's a downside. You know, that chump who goes home penniless is a person, too. And their life will be altered for the worse by that card sharp who takes advantage through misrepresentation, through manipulation to falsely present when they've got a strong hand or underplay it when they've got the winning hand and and they get someone else to go all in and put all their chips in play. And then they they take it. And 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 that creator is saying, you know, that's wrong. You're 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 cheating someone. Yeah. And it's never in divine alignment to do that. But, you know, I learned something of my father that I did not know until very, very recently. Um, he's been dead for more than a decade now. Um, that he actually was very good at the game of pool. And that when he was a teenager, actually indulged in some pool sharking. You know, where you pretend that, you know, play a game and lose and then you challenge for one more time. But then you bring out your real skill and, and clean it up, clean up the table. And apparently my father was actually good at that and made some money during his late teens in that capacity. But yet, we never owned a pool table in our entire lives. He never mentioned it, ever. Only uh, my sister finally mentioned that he had told her about it at one point. So it appears he was ashamed of it, which is probably well, a good thing. <laughs> he might have been protecting the young, you see. He might have been protecting you you guys from uh, following in his footsteps, having learned that it can be seductive and corrupting in, yes. in some way. I, I, I had a, a wonderful moment when one of my sons who, when he got off on his own and was independent, uh, we found out was playing uh, cards on the internet, you know, this internet poker stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and he saw that there are people who are just really ill-equipped to be betting on anything. They're just not bright. They're not accomplished and experienced enough and so on. And I'll never forget the day, you know, when he was visiting us and, and some, somehow the subject came up and he said, you know, I don't do that card stuff anymore. It's not right. Yeah. I had to lie to win. And, and there's something wrong with that. And it bothered me. So I just stopped. You know, hallelujah. What a, what a wonderful (laughs) Revelation. He did that on his own. I never talked to him about it, never pressured him. He's an adult. Right, right. But yeah, it's true. I I, I have to honestly say I've never uh, I've never enjoyed any kind of game or activity that involved, you know, lying and deception. You know. I may not have had a a big objection to it, 
but I never, I never embraced it. I never felt comfortable doing it, you know. So it's just, it's nice to know that uh, there is some people with moral rudders to, <laughs> that they listen to occasionally. Yeah, well, the, the the culture is filled with compromise that is often glorified, you know. And since it's an evil landscape, you might as well get yours, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you know the, well, we, the movies where you you rob the casinos in Vegas, you know, because they're you know they're taking advantage of people anyway. They're all crooks, so why not <laughs> be a crook and take their money, you know? And and. And people think, hey, that's cool. That's really, really a wonderful thing. And and uh, they're, they're really kind of stooping to that same level and without realizing it. There's you no know, free, Carl, uh, free ride. Rather than watching pool, they should be watching some of the channeling series on GetWisdom.com. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's hours and hours and hours of content. And you can, you know, learn about all aspects of life, everything that's inflicting us, uh, you know, the journey of the soul, you name it. GiveWisdom.com, sign up to be a participant member today. It's eternally free, and you get access to about 80% of the content that we've generated over the last four years, which is voluminous. And we're back with more Get Wisdom, the final segment right after this. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at creator's perspective on the pitfalls of fun and recreation. Uh, we have learned that, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, and we're kind of looking at the opposite extreme, but you know, we're not curmudgeons, Carl. Both of us like to have some fun once in a while, right? We like it. We just don't get to do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. That's another. That's another Maybe program. I'm speaking only of myself here. <laughs> we'll have the we'll have the Carl and Brian feel sorry for themselves in Creator's Perspective program someday. How's that? <laughs> U.S. Creator, how much does our memory of being eternal light beings, when we ostensibly had all the time in the world? 
play into our collective blind spots to the shortness of our own physical lives. This can be seen in the plethora of unfinished projects that many heirs to an estate have to deal with, for instance. For th- from thoughts like, someday I'm going to restore that car that sits rusting out in the backyard. <laughs> Eventually, it becomes painfully clear to everyone that someday is never going to happen as the ravages of time take their toll on both the owner and the project itself. Yet the stubborn owner hangs on to the dream till death and sometimes even beyond as earthbound spirits may continue to cling to such dreams. Can creator comment? Right, this is what creator says. Here again is an example of discord between the competing interests of the current life circumstances versus inner yearnings and long-term ambitions that might be realistic or non-realistic if one is overreaching beyond one's means or capabilities. There are often many aborted projects because they are more about a dream than reality to begin with. People sometimes assume they can do more than they're truly capable of. There are many would-be artists, musicians, and writers who lack the talent and ability to be commercially viable. There's nothing wrong with a hobby devoted to such pursuits, but many start out with a higher ambition and then end up dabbling and living in a kind of fantasy projection of their desires that are not matched by reality. There is a deeper tension and conflict in play with such situations, and that is that as a soul-based being of light, you come from a lofty origin and have a lofty makeup and have had far loftier capabilities than you can muster as a human being in physical form. Therefore, the inner yearnings and the glimmerings of doing great things you might dream about, because they have happened in other times and places, is in stark contrast to the dark energies and heavy, dense energetics of the earth plane. This keeps you grounded in more ways than one. It is hard to soar when you are in a primitive state of being, with a limited mind and a meager intuitive reach, cutting off higher sources of inspiration to a large degree. We prefer to see such abortive plans as an aspect of the truth of human existence, that you are more than you seem. And even if you bite off more than you can chew at times, that appetite is saying something important about you And we always honor you for your energy and passion, even if your reach exceeds your grasp. I really appreciate that last sentence. (laughs) You know, that that's a pat on the pat on the head or back from creator. And, uh, you know, for for a behavior that many of us might scratch our heads over. But, But really, it says something very important that our our wanting more says something about us as light beings. Yes. Well, you know, as long as your yard isn't so full of rusting autos you intend to <laughs> restore one day that, you know, you don't let that go to your head. You know, I've got a bigger car collection than anybody. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny. There's a there's a web there's a website and um, email list that I'm subscribed to called Barn Finds. And my inbox is, you know, got 20 or 30 cars in it every day of you know, people sticking their car back in the garage or a barn and it sits there for 35, 40 years, you know. And, uh, you, there's more of these than you would imagine. It's unbelievable. It's, it's kind of interesting in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ask creator, how can prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol change the world to help us reorder our priorities to seek truly uplifting pursuits and avoid entertaining but potentially damaging pitfalls? And creator tells us, 
The long and short of it is your world will not change greatly unless you can heal the interlopers corrupting things. This is an urgent need because they have a deep vested interest in manipulating you to worsen everything about your lives and now have future designs on your destiny to end it all together through human annihilation. They want to be done with the games they play. They've become bored and frustrated at your resilience and often bouncing back. This they do not understand as they are used to having everything their way because they control everything directly or indirectly. What they do not see or appreciate is that you have a friend in the light who will go to bat for you and help to level the playing field. This changes everything potentially, but we can only intervene to the extent we are invited to do so. How you go about that, the level of belief you enjoy that entitles you to a divine response or will preclude it if your belief is weak is another factor that must be considered. There is much to do for humans to be fully road ready, so to speak, for themselves in a meaningful way to engage with the divine realm and get results. Most people need to learn how to pray more effectively. Part of the issue is not knowing the true dimensions of what you face in your world. You think your biggest enemy is a political opponent or someone competing for a promotion at work or in the job market at the start of your career and so on. Your true enemies are dark spirit beings who are evil and who corrupt you. They have also corrupted multiple extraterrestrial civilizations and the most powerful of these have formed an alliance to be partners in crime. They are running the world behind the scenes. That is because they are cowards, but it allows them greater force and capability because it leaves humans in the dark about what is truly going on and why. The real reason there are problems that never seem to get fixed is because your overseers are pulling the rug out from under you at every turn. This will not change unless you can invite enough healing for the interlopers to leave. It seems counterintuitive that the answer to being enslaved by extraterrestrial beings of superior intelligence and technological capability is to raise them up, to open their hearts to love. But we assure you that is the divine way and it uses the greatest power of the universe, which is divine love to accomplish the seeming impossible. In your world, tyrants don't just give up and leave town. This will be an extraordinary achievement, but it can be arranged through an artful intervention to create a series of seeming advantages for the extraterrestrials among you to see this as a compelling choice. We can assure you this is possible, but it will only come into being if you do the healing work and contribute to that as an ongoing enterprise. That is what the Lightworker Healing Protocol is for. It is a comprehensive healing tool that addresses every potential source of negativity that can diminish your being, corrupt it, and cause it to act out of alignment and bring about a restoration in the bargain, a rescuing from a downward spiral of decadence, corruption, and depravity. 
anyone can do prayer and make healing requests following this protocol, given the training offered by your channel and his colleagues. Both are done in the privacy of your own mind. Both are shielded from outside scrutiny, so it is safe to do so. We will tell you that both activities will be the greatest achievements you can arrange as a human being. Nothing else in your lives will outshine those acts of greatness to partner with the divine and address the problem facing humanity. It is why you were created in the first place, to solve the problem of evil. When you look at the array of human activities and seeming achievements, as well as the setbacks and losses and suffering, you will see scant evidence of progress towards enlightenment. There are great yearnings, but few who can tell you how to achieve it. Most are misdirected, believing in make work, self-created energetic exercises that are essentially done in isolation and are meaningless because they lack the power to change anything beyond the self. This is why you need divine assistance to bring about the deep healing necessary to turn things around. This is doable. If you do your part, and only if you do your part, we can do ours and make this happen. I mean, there's so much important things to consider here. The uh, thing I would point out, is that I've said before, I've said if if we can't save the world with prayer, we don't have a prayer. And Creator says here, you know, that we lack the power to change anything beyond the self. So we need to enlist divine participation to heal the interlopers. And what does it mean to heal the interlopers? We're not going to turn these beings into Mother Teresa. All right, that's not the goal. The goal is to reduce their bloodlust. Just take it down a few notches. And if we do that, they'll leave. They, instead of carrying through on their bloodlust. So what we're asking for is not impossible, but we need to ask for it. It's critical, Carl. Well, and this is a test of us. We were created to do this project, and it is up to us to make it happen. We can fail, and that is why it's a test. It is a sort of lie in the sand, a kind of bottom line outcome that will determine whether creator's idea for all of this was a good one and destined to be a great breakthrough or it will prove to be a false notion in in the practicality and then creator will have to go back to the drawing board and that might mean recreating the entire universe to start something else a little different going to try a variation on the theme, which means all we've done will be lost. It won't keep going. It'll be reduced to nothingness. We will have contributed to the learning, but that's that's kind of a, a, a lesser a compromise <laughs> and a consolation prize of yeah, sorts. I'd rather exactly. not have. I'd rather have success. A participation trophy. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, we tried. We yeah. tried. We get a trophy. No. We tried. We, we need to do a lot better. We got, we got blasted. We got totally. Uh, we got fricasseed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do better than that. And you can learn how we can do better by visiting getwisdom.com and checking out everything that we have to offer there. Be a, Become a, a participant member. 
It's eternally free, and you can partake of 80% of the content that's there, just like you're getting in the show today. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you again next week. All right. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 